dragnet. The Jack Benny program. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Radio Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. A special three-hour presentation with Carl Amari and Lisa Wolfe. All right, about eight minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater program. 420 in the series. It is September 8th, and it is Sunday night. We'll be here till 1 o'clock in the morning. To my right, the vivacious one herself, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. Our producer, Shante Garth, in the booth. And we have classic radio shows for you because that's what we do here on the WGN Radio Theater. The Aldrich family from 1941. This is, I believe, the earliest Aldrich family I have in the collection uh, from the first year it was on the air. And then we have The Man Called X starring Herbert Marshall. But right now, we're going to play our game, Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, brought to you by Cat's Pride. Yes, and the celebrity is Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner. We did yeah. Rob Fellow Reiner Carl. last night. Fellow so Carl. this made perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> I know, he's got the same name as you, so Spells now... Spells it the same way, we're, too. We're very clear now. You're both named Carl. Right. And we he's are... He's <laughs> a lot richer than I am, though. Uh, yeah, I would... That, I would, for sure. You're probably right about yes. that. Um, but, you know, you never know. Hey, you yeah. know, I don't know where you stand. Right. <laughs> <laughs> About five, seven, and three quarters. On a good day. Right. And we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to the Great Leap, which is kicking off Steppenwolf Theater's company's season. Well, yeah, we're going to play Taps for uh, our game because... Um, this th- is the last night of yes. Real or Ridiculous, so that could be great or that could be sad. Either way... We're, we're uh, retiring it. It's over tonight. So it's a really special night. Yeah. And so. Joe, Joe gets to join us on our special retirement. Joe actually is going to be on the <laughs> second to the last Real or Ridiculous. That's true. Hey, Joe. Hi. Are you happy to see it go or are you, <laughs> you kind of sad to see it go? Oh, yeah, very sad. Oh, yeah, we are, Yeah, too, we can tell. We're going to move on to bigger you and are. better. We're going to do a little Carl Reiner, and uh, you're going to be a winner no matter what. You've already won these tickets, but we'll have a little fun first, okay? Oh, no, I forgot my, I forgot my sound effect. All right, well, we'll in just, my bag. go ahead, go I'll, grab it. No, I'll do it with my All right, we'll, we'll do voice. it anyways. Number right. one, mm-hmm. in the 1960s, he was known as the creator, producer, writer, and actor on The Dick Van Dyke Show. Real or Ridiculous. Uh, that's real. He did act on it once in a while, so <sighs> I, I gotta agree. I'd say real. It is real. He All was right. on it plenty of times. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He yeah. was. He was yeah. on there. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, number one it, on the Dick. Number Van, two. No, number two. <laughs> number one, and then number one on the Dick Van Dyke show. He originally intended to portray Rob Petrie. Which ultimately was Dick Van Dyke. Is that real or ridiculous? 
I think that's ridiculous. I disagree. I think it's real. It is real. Yeah. That was that was where he so, was at. Oh yeah, for okay. me. And wah, wah. I'm sorry, it's just not the same. I know. Carl, without I'll your get machine. it for next time. Okay, number three. <laughs> in 2019, he voiced the character Red Carl Dinell in Toy Story 4. Red mm. Carl Dinell. Hmm. What do you think? Toy Story 4. Oh boy. Um, what year? 2019, Okay. Toy Story 4. I'm going to say ridiculous. I'm going to say real. <laughs> wah, wah. But you're right, Joe. It is ridiculous. <laughs> he voiced Carl Rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> you see how sneaky she is? So I came up with Red Carl, Danol. That was really close, oh, but boy. I got you, Carl. But either way, you know what, Joe? <laughs> you are a winner. You are going to Steppenwolf Theater. Uh, you have won a pair of tickets to The Great Leap. I'm going to be seeing it uh, next week. It kicks off Steppenwolf Theater's 2019-2020 season. It's set in 1989, and The Great Leap explores the cultural collide of identity and politics through the game of basketball. So you can check it out at Steppenwolf.org, but you've won two tickets, so I hope you enjoy the show. I heard great things about it. I'm looking forward to seeing it as well. Oh, wonderful. Thank you very much. Thank Thanks, you Joe. so much. Thanks for being on the second to the last episode <laughs> or game of uh, Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? Now, folks, we are going to still have uh, a trivia contest each and every hour. It's going to be called Guess That Song. And we are going to tell you the decade ahead of time. This is going to start next week. I'm going to tell you the decade, let's say the 1980s, and then you're going to call in and we're going to play two clips, like maybe like five, seven, six, seven seconds of a song, give you a chance to either name the song or the singer, right? And you would get it right if you named either one of those. And uh, that's what we're going to do. It's, you know what? All of that can be summed up is it's just like a, a parody of Name That Tune. Right. It's a parody, but it's called Guess That Song. But Guess That Song. Yeah. Same thing. Name All right. That so tune. that's coming your way next week. So uh, I'm a little sad, though. Real or ridiculous? Really? I'm excited to move forward. We could you bring know, it back. Kind of like a great leap. We're going to we bring it forward. We could bring it back again. We could. But Saturday night, road. we are going to start with our new uh our new segment. So Guess that if song. If you're a music lover, this is for you. All right. It is time now for the Aldridge family, a broadcast from 1941. But before we do that, I want to remind you, we have a text in line, 312-981-7200. We absolutely love getting your texts. We'll be here till 1 o'clock in the morning. Text us if you have any questions for us. If you want to suggest a classic radio show, we will be happy to play your favorites. 312-981-7200. All right, the Aldrich Family was a teenage situation comedy show. Came to radio in 1939, and it was created by Clifford Goldsmith. And this character of Henry Aldrich and his mom and his dad was seen on uh, in films and on TV and in comic books and, of course, on a radio show. The very first Henry Aldridge was Ezra Stone, but there were other actors to play the role, including Bobby Ellis. And you are going to love this. It's, if you've never heard an Aldridge family show, it's so funny. This is going back to 1941, so about the third year on the year, sponsored by Postum, which was a drink. It was like almost like a coffee drink. And on this particular episode, he forgets to mail a letter. Here's part one now of the Aldrich family. Thank you. 
The Aldrich Family, written by Clifford Goldsmith and starring Ezra Stone. Entertainment for all the family, brought to you by Postum, a tempting, wholesome drink for all the family. Postum. Yes, folks, it's time again to drop in on the Aldrich family. Time to enjoy the relaxation that comes from a visit with this typical American family. Relaxation, of course, is something we all need. And sometimes, if a tense, nervous condition prevents you from getting it, it's well to ask this question. Is coffee making you nervous? Would you be better off drinking Postum instead of coffee? Well, now, far be it for me to imply that there aren't many folks on whom coffee has no ill effects whatever... That's obvious when you consider how popular coffee is. But I do know that coffee does make many people nervous. So if you think it sets your nerves on edge, switch to Postum. Postum contains no stimulants, nothing that could possibly affect your nerves. Drink Postum with all its flavor and fragrance instead of coffee and see if that nervous feeling doesn't go away. See if you don't feel really relaxed again once you give Postum a fair trial. Tom Sawyer, Penrod Schofield, and Huck Finn are real boys to all of us because their adventures and their ways of thinking are those of every real boy. And now Henry Aldrich joins the ranks of America's favorite youngsters, a boy from your own block or even perhaps from your own home. We join Henry Aldrich and his friend Homer in the Aldrich living room. The time is just before dinner. Gee, Homer, if that isn't a nice thing to do to my best coat. Now, listen, Henry, you talk just as though I'd thrown it into the lake on purpose. I didn't know my girl was going to jump. When? When the bee attacked her, out in the canoe. Oh, gee whiz, Homer, look at my coat, soaking wet. And I'm supposed to wear it to the lecture next week. All right, Henry, if that's the way you feel about it, watch and see if I ever borrow your coat again. And look at the things in the pockets. Look at my girl's picture. She's all warped. Part of that's natural It is not Elmer Wentworth is one of the best Oh boy What's the matter? Oh boy What have I done now? Look at this letter, it's ringing wet Who's it from? I don't know who it's from Only somebody in my family gave it to me to mail last week They did? Yes, Homer, and I never thought you'd do a thing like this to it Who's it addressed to? Well, that's the trouble Can't you see the water's washed all the ink off the envelope? Whose name is on the back? Not so loud, Homer Do you want my mother to hear you? Henry, are you almost ready for dinner? Why, uh, yes, I am, Mary Here, Homer, take this coat and this letter up to my room Now? Sure, and put them on the radiator and turn on the heat Okay Homer, your mother phoned for you to come home a long time ago Oh, she did? Well, thank you Mary... I've been intending to ask you, is Joe Graham still out of town? Yes. That's what I thought. If I remember correctly, you gave me a letter to mail to him, didn't you? Yes. That's what I... Did you ever get an answer? Yes. Oh. Well, that's fine. Why do you ask? Well, I was just wondering. Mary! Yes, Father? Your mother wants you to help her in the kitchen. Oh, my goodness, I'll go right out. Hello, Henry. Uh, hello, Father. Homer gone home? No, sir. He's upstairs drying... He's upstairs sort of 
He's upstairs. You say he's upstairs? Yes, sir. Just temporarily. How did everything go with you today? Fine. How's business? Fine. How are the mails coming through? The mails? What mails? Just the mails. Well, they're coming through fine. Why do you ask that? Well, I was just... Henry! Yes, Mother? Dinner's all on the table. We'll be right there. Sam, come in and start calling. Yes, Alice? Look, Mother, is there anything just offhand that you can think of that I haven't done that you told me to in the last few weeks? What do you mean by that? Well, I don't know. I was just asking. Alice, how are the tickets going for the lecture at the women's club? Sam, I'm worried sick. What's the trouble? Well, dear, I haven't had any word from the man that's coming to give the lecture, and here it is less than a week off. Mother, aren't you chairman of the lecture committee? Yes, dear. Why, uh, why don't you hear from him? Well, Henry, I wish I knew why. Oh. When did you write to him? Last week. I gave you the letter to mail. You gave it to me? Sam, I'm almost positive I did. Didn't you mail it? If you gave it to me, I mailed it. Henry, did Mother, I... could I have the bread, please? Well, here you are. And, Father, shall I pass this who's it to Mother? Yes, please. Goodbye, Henry. I think everything's going to be all right. What's that, Homer? What's going to be all right? Well, I don't think he meant anything special, Father. Sam, how much time do you think I'd need to get an answer to my letter? Well, three or four days should be more than enough. Actually, it only takes two. Mother, what city does the lecturer live in? He doesn't live any place. He travels all over. Oh, that's too bad. Maybe that's why he didn't get your letter, Mother. He's spending all of this month in Chicago, Mary. In Chicago? Yes, Henry. On what street? What difference does it make? Alice, are you sure you addressed the envelope correctly? I'm almost positive I sent it to 721 St. Eaglestone Drive. 721? Yes, dear. What's his name? Henry. Well, Mary, can't you take an interest in this lecture, too? I'm not going to it. Oh, yes, you are, dear. We're all going. Am I going? Now, Sam, you've got to go. And ruin an entire evening? Dear, I don't care for John William Steber any more than you do. But after all, I'm chairman. And the least you can do is go and hear Steber. Steber? Steber? How would you spell a name like that? Henry, what difference does it make? Well, after all, suppose somebody came up to me and said, Did you ever hear of John William Steber, 721 St. Eagleston Drive, Chicago? I wouldn't even know how to spell it. Sam, have you been able to get them? No, Alice. The long-distance operator will call us the minute she does. Well, I'm afraid we're making a mistake. People who bought tickets to hear John William Steber lecture on Guatemala the Beautiful are not going to care for a lecturer on child behavior. How about getting old Uncle Jim Murphy over here on the edge of town? What for? Well, he used to put on a magic act for the children at the hospital every Christmas. Dear, let's not be ridiculous. It's better than nothing. You've got to have something when the crowd gets there Tuesday night. Let me see that letter once more. What letter? The one that came this morning from John William Steber. Here. And for as long as I live, I'll never understand how a mistake like this happens. He says, dear Mrs. Aldrich, I regret very much that I must change my plans and decline your offer to address the Centerville Women's Club Winter Forum. I enclose a letter which was apparently sent to me by mistake. Yours truly, J.W. Steber. Sam, how did I ever do a thing like that? This letter he returned was to Aunt Sue. It looks as though he dragged it out of some lake. Dear Sue... Don't, for heaven's sake, come all the way to Centerville just to hear John William Steber next Tuesday night. Why the club ever voted to have him, I'll never know. He's a terrible bore. 
Yes, very well put. Sam, I don't think he had any right to turn down an important engagement just because of the petty opinion of one individual. You mean this opinion? But he had no right to read it. After all, he could see it wasn't for him. Alice, you're lucky the man isn't suing you. Father, could I have my allowance for this week, please? Your allowance, Henry? Oh, gee whiz, did Mother get a letter from... from... Did Mother get a letter? Yes, dear, from Mr. Steber. Ah, then that's not on our minds anymore. What do you mean, our minds? Well, isn't it an answer to... to, Can he come? No, dear, he's very much upset over something. In fact, I did a very absent-minded thing. What? Well, I wrote a letter to your Aunt Sue, dear, and addressed it to Mr. Steber. And he was just a little hurt. Oh. Oh. Is that the letter that you... You mean that letter? That's too bad. Yes, Henry, it is. Oh. Oh, yes. Well, look, is there anything I can do? No, dear, what could you possibly do? Well, I feel I ought to do something. And I wish you could. Oh, here's your allowance, son. Well, on second thought, Father, I don't think I need any this week. Where are you going that you don't want any? Well, just over to see Eleanor Wentworth. Well, don't come home too late. No, Mother. Goodbye, Henry. Goodbye, and and I'm certainly sorry this happened. Henry, don't you want to sit here on the sofa and look at these pictures with me? Pictures? These pictures. Henry, tell me. What? Are you worried about something? Who, me? You've been sort of so preoccupied ever since you got here. I'm not preoccupied. Have you any writing paper? Any what? Writing paper. I've decided to write a letter to Chicago. Now? Yeah, I think it's something I've got to attend to. Well, I have a little, but it's pink. Well, that's all right. Gee, in a case like this, I don't think I ought to take the time to worry about the color. All right. What are you crying for? I'm not crying. Well, what have I done? I'll tell you what you've done, Henry Aldrich. I'll tell you. You asked me to save this Saturday evening for you, and ever since you've gotten here, you've hardly said ten words. I have? Yes, you have, it. and now you want to write to somebody else. To whom are you speaking? It's only me, Mrs. Wentworth. Oh, you wait, Henry Aldrich, and see whether I ever save you another Saturday night. But I can't help it if the women's club is expecting Guatemala, and I... and I... and then he won't come. Henry. Mother... Has Henry gone crazy? No, I haven't. Aren't you going to the lecture Tuesday night? Yes. Well, that shows how much you know about it. He isn't even coming. Who isn't? Nobody. That's why my mother's got to get someone, and and it's all on account of... On account of... Gee whiz, Mrs. Wentworth, I feel I ought to do something about it. Well, my gracious, why didn't you say what was on your mind, Henry? Mother, you ought to know someone. You know lots of musical people in Chicago. Well, I don't know anyone, dear, we could get on this short notice. Do you know some musical people, Mrs. Wentworth? Well, you see, Henry, I studied music right up until I was married. In fact, Henry, Mother was going to have a career in music. Only Father asked her not to. What did she play? I sang. Well, gee whiz, are you the one I always hear in church? Sort of louder than everybody else? (laughs) Well, my... My voice always was noted for its body. Oh, yes. Mother, why couldn't you help the women's club out and sing? Instead of Guatemala? Oh, I don't think I should, Henry. Sure, why not? Gee whiz, my mother's desperate. Oh, now, please, Mother, I'd love to hear you sing. Eleanor, your father'd never speak to me again. All right, he doesn't have to go. I know my father won't. Uh, Well, thank you just the same, Henry, but you know how people turn up their noses in this town at home talent has to come from Chicago or it isn't any good. But after all, Mother, you studied in Chicago for years right on Michigan Avenue. Well, 
across the hall at the women's club is just ideally suited for my voice. It is? Oh, of course it is. And, and Mother, Mr. Tyson, who plays the organ at the church, can accompany you. Yes, dear, if I can just keep him from playing too loud. He always thinks he's the soloist. Oh, gee, I'll have my mother have a talk with him. She's chairman. She can tell him how loud to play. No, dear, no, I'll take care of that. You just ask your mother whether there's anything in particular she'd like to have me sing. Okay. Um, here, uh, let me see now. Uh, what is it uh, you're writing, Mrs. Wentworth? Here are two suggestions for her. One's French, dear, and one's Italian. That's fine. And is there any song you could sing from Guatemala? <laughs> All right, that's the first portion of the Aldridge family going back to 1941. More after these words. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thanks, Vic. Well, you know what, Lisa? It's already getting cold out there. It is, and I have my bags packed. Yeah. You know why? Yeah, why? My bags are packed. I'm ready to go. You already started packing? I'm standing here for the cruise. Outside your door. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what's going to happen, folks it's going to get colder. And colder and colder, but on August first, well, it'll be hot. it'll be warm again though. So that didn't work. that didn't exactly work. I was going to say that, but you know not, what? You could dream right. about going to Bermuda while it's cold out okay. if you've already booked it. Okay, right, right, whatever you say. I think the reason why we're doing August is because it's like eighty-five degrees in Bermuda, which is perfect, right? Perfect weather. So, uh, yeah, come with us to Bermuda. We're going August 1st, 2020. It's it's just a great time to get away. And um, I don't know, it's a nice time to travel. Um, it's a nice time to take a vacation. And Bermuda is a vacation. This is a cruise on Oceana Cruise Line, which is a luxury cruise line known for its food and entertainment. And, um, well, they'll give you the food and we'll help you with the entertainment. Um, because not only are we going to head out and uh, explore Bermuda, but we're going to enjoy some of the amenities of the cruise, like the casino and the spa and the pool and the cabana boys and you know that kind of thing (laughs) Um, but we're also going (laughs) to we're also going to have a little fun and make it a classic radio cruise right and um, we're going to focus on classic radio we'll talk about classic radio we'll do some classic radio reenactments we'll do some trivia games we'll have prizes and we'll just you know plain enjoy our time away and some uh, time to get to know our listeners so we hope that you'll check it out We'd really love to meet you and spend some time with you. Um, we are working with Keen Luxury Travel. I'll give you their phone number. Uh, ask them about the classic radio cruise. The number is 800-856-1155. We hope you'll look into it. Check it out. We also have a banner on the WGN Radio Theater website, which is WGNRadioTheater.com. Check it out. We hope you'll book it. We have a limited number of rooms, so don't wait. What's the 800 number again? 800 1155. All right. Uh, book that cruise. Come with us. Great rates because we were able to get a group rate, and that group rate will be passed on to you. So come with us August 1st, 2022, Bermuda, seven nights on Oceana Cruise Line. Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right. It's time now for the conclusion to the Aldrich family. Well, as usual, the tune Henry's playing seems to be just slightly off-key, and it remains to be seen whether he'll strike any more sour notes. 
In the meantime, if I may, I'd like to suggest a sweet note, something that should strike a chord of harmony with all of you who enjoy having a good hot drink with your meals. Folks, try a steaming, fragrant cup of delicious Postum. Sugar and cream it to suit your taste. And see if you don't agree that it's tops for goodness. I'm sure you will, because Golden Brown Postum gives you just what you want in a mealtime drink. Cheering warmth to give you that glowing feeling, tempting fragrance that says, drink hearty, and best of all, Postum's really grand flavor. Just don't expect Postum to taste like coffee any more than you'd expect coffee to taste like tea. For Postum, naturally, is different. Its flavor is distinctive. And believe me, when you taste it, you'll say, this shouldn't be called postum, it should be called post mm. <laughs> So tomorrow, make postum for everyone in your family. Serve it to youngsters as well as grown-ups. And see if you don't agree that there's no hot mealtime drink quite so good as postum for all the family. <laughs> Now, getting back to the troubles of Henry Aldrich. Henry, feeling just a bit guilty because his mother is unable to get a lecture for the women's club for next Tuesday night, has found that his girl's mother once studied music and that she is more than eager to arise to the occasion. Well, as he starts for home, he carries with him a list of songs she would be willing to sing. The scene opens late that night in the Aldrich front hall. But, Sam, I couldn't have concentrated on a game of bridge tonight if I'd had to. Well, worrying about Tuesday night's lecture isn't going to help any. Let's go up to bed. Have you locked the door, dear? Yes, dear. Henry in? Yes, dear. His coat's right here in the closet. After all, things could be worse. Why don't you simply announce that there won't be any program? Because I was asked to get someone. If we cancel it, I've utterly failed. Hey, wait a minute. What's this? What's what? This note by the telephone. A note? It's from Henry. Mother, you will be relieved to hear that Mrs. Wentworth, I think, has the solution to your program. She would like, when you can, to talk to her about it. About what? I don't know, Alice. I haven't finished. She sent along the letter that is with this, which she says you will understand. Glad you won't have to worry anymore, Henry. Is this the letter she sent? Yes. Dear Mrs. Aldrich, no doubt by the time you read this, Henry will have explained everything. Here are a few suggestions for you to choose from. Don Fatale, Batty Batty, Casta Diver. Sam, what on earth? Let me see that. Don Fatale. Who's Don Fatale? And Batty Batty. Sam, did you ever hear that name before? Sound like some opera star. Sam, I know. Those are some of Kitty's friends. She's always boasting about the people she knows. What about it? She's suggesting one of them for our program. She says right here at the top we can have our choice. Yeah? Sam... Sam, where's the phone book? Who are you going to call? Kitty, of course. At this time of night? Sam, you don't think I could sleep when I'm this excited, do you? Here. Here it is. Hello, operator? Alice, the Wentworths are probably in bed and asleep. Number, please. Elm 2621. I thought you didn't like Kitty Wentworth. Sam, I never said that. There are a great many things about her I haven't really cared for, but, dear, I think she has a lot more to her than people give her credit for. Joe Wentworth always said it took time to get to know her. I'm ringing your number. Just keep right on. They're probably in bed. Sam, do you know I think I'll give a dinner party for Kitty and Batty Batty Tuesday night. That's the least I can do. Good idea. Be quite an honor to have a concert star here for dinner. Hello? Is this Kitty? Oh? Kitty, this is Alice. Oh? Alice Aldrich. I just found your note along with Henry. Oh, yes. And I just want to say I'm so thrilled to think that you can help us. Oh, really, Alice? I don't know what we would have done if you hadn't come to the rescue because we did want to have something nice. Oh, don't mention it, dear. I... Oh, no, you just can't realize how grateful I oh, am. Oh, Alice. Uh, there's just one thing, of course, Kitty, and I hope you won't be offended, but naturally, 
It's the sea, of course. The sea? Oh, Alice, dear, there won't be any. You mean to say there won't be any charge at all? Well, after all, I've always wanted to do something like this for the women's club. Why don't you do this if you insist, Alice? Why not give the fee you were going to pay to the church? Of course, Kitty. We could divide it among all the churches in town. Yes, dear. Well, I won't keep you up any longer, dear. Goodbye. Goodbye? Here's hoping I don't have a cold that night. What? I certainly hate to wait ten years to get a chance to sing at the women's club and then catch cold. What? But don't worry, dear. I won't let you down. Goodbye. What? Sam! Sam Alvin! <laughs> your orange juice, Mother. Oh, thank you, Mary. You want another pillow under your head? No, thank you. Now, Mary, if I were you, I'd tiptoe back downstairs. Sam, aren't you going to eat any breakfast? I've eaten. Mother, do you mind if I ask you just one question before I go? What is it? Why aren't either of you speaking to Henry? That's just a little matter concerning us, Mary. But, Father, I'd like to know because maybe I shouldn't be speaking to him either. You shouldn't. Really? Now, just go downstairs. Yes, Father, I'll go. Aren't you going to drink your orange juice, Alice? Sam, you can look at this objectively. You can look at it as a man would. What shall I do? I have no idea. Of course, there's a lot of influenza around. I might get the Board of Health to forbid our holding the concert. Well, you can't get the Board of Health to do that. In the first place, the health commissioner is Kitty Wentworth's cousin. Well, I know what I'm going to do. What? Sam, I've been thinking things over. I have entirely too much work to do around this house. My family needs me, Sam. I'm going to resign. From what? From the women's club. Alice, you can't do that. But I've heard her sing. Alice, <laughs> Joe Wentworth has been one of my best friends for 20 years. Father? Henry, your mother would rather you did not come in. I don't want to come in, Father. I just want to ask if I may go to church. To church? Yes, sir. I think it's a very good idea. You may go with me. The only trouble is my coat... I mean, well, that's all right. Henry, open the door a minute. Are you sure it won't bother you, Mother? Henry, what tie are you going to wear? My black one. Dear, I want you to wear your brown one. Wouldn't black be more appropriate? Now, Sam. You don't mind if when church is over, I stay for Sunday school, do you? <laughs> Not at all. Now, please leave the room. Yes, sir. And then I'll come home and help Mary get dinner and rest a little this afternoon. Until I go back to evening service. Better step along, Henry, or we'll be late. Gee, there are quite a few going to church this morning, aren't there? Yes, sir. Father, have you heard whether there's much influenza around? Oh, I understand there's some. Nothing serious, however. Oh, Father, how big is the fire escape at the woman's club? I have no idea. Gee whiz, which house is all that singing coming from? I believe that's coming from the Wentworths. From the Wentworths? You mean she's warming up already? Yes. Let's cross the street. <laughs> that telegram sent, Alice? This morning, dear, the 20th. What does it say? Only speaker we can send you for your program tomorrow evening is Dr. Calvin Anderson Butler on subject of child behavior. Has had 11 years experience in boys' reform schools and guarantee he will solve your problems. Please wire. Is that all? Sam, I've made up my mind. 
I'm going to phone Kitty Wentworth and tell her just as nicely as I know how that we do not want her to sing. But, Alice, you can't tell her that. I don't care. We're going to have Dr. Calvin Anderson Butler. Number please. Elm 2621. Very well. Maybe it is for the best. No, I don't know why I didn't have enough courage to do it in the first place. I'll have a talk with Joe Wentworth. He'll understand. Hello, Eleanor. May I speak with your mother, please? Oh, she isn't here right now, Mr. Dog. Well, Eleanor, when do you expect her back? I'm afraid not until sometime tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yes, she's gone to Chicago. Where? To Chicago. She wanted to get some new clothes for the concert tomorrow night. Really? Well, isn't that lovely, dear? Yes, and while she's there, she's going to work for a while with her old singing teacher. Oh, I see. Goodbye, Mrs. Orange. Goodbye, Eleanor. Sam. Alice, Alice, take a look at this. What is it? The morning paper. Here it is, the whole thing. Sam, it's a picture of Kitty. And look at the heading, local thrush to replace Guatemala. (laughs) Now, Alice, this is no time in which to have hysterics again. Homer, my mother wants to know whether you'd like a little job for tonight. Doing what? Ushering. Well, I'll usher, Henry, but I won't listen. Oh, that's all right. When it begins, we can sit out on the front steps. That's what my father says he's going to do. Gee, you ought to see how sore my mother is about tonight. How did your mother happen to ask Mrs. Wentworth to sing? Well, we're very fond of the whole family. Come on, let's go in the station, Homer. What for? I want to weigh myself on these scales. Here, hold my Latin. Boy, have you lost weight. Well, gee, Homer, I've had a bad week. Henry. Do you want me, Mr. Taylor? Uh, You want to earn ten cents, Henry? I've got a telegram here for Mr. Wentworth, and I haven't been able to get in touch with him. You want me to take it up to him? Sure. Here's the message, and here's your dime. Well, thank you very much. And, Henry, don't you fool around any. I think that telegram's important. Oh, you can depend on me, Mr. Taylor. I'll hold it in my hand so I can't possibly forget. Thank you very much. Hello? Centerville Station. This is Joe Wentworth speaking. Say, I've been trying to get you. I just sent a telegram up to you by Henry Aldrich. A telegram? I didn't take it when it came in, but I understand it. It said your wife is stuck in Chicago without any money. Who, Kitty? It's too bad she didn't get a round-trip ticket when she bought it. What did she do, lose her purse? No, I understand she said she spent more money on clothes than she figured she would. And the telegram Henry's taking up to you has the address where you're supposed to wire the money. I see. Well, thank you very much. Sorry I can't get to your wife's concert tonight, Mr. Wentworth. Seems my wife uh, forgot we had a previous engagement. Mm, too bad. Oh, uh, by the way, do you see those two boys coming up Main Street? Yes, sir. One of them isn't Henry Aldrich, is it? I believe it is. Oh, yes, 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 so it is. Well, I guess I'll be stepping down Walnut for something. <laughs> Homer, look, there he is in front of the filling station. Where? Right there, getting his tank filled. And Homer, he sees it. Wave to him. Oh, Mr. Wentworth! Oh, Mr. Wentworth! What's the matter with him, Henry? He's driving right off. Well, gee whiz, I could have sworn he looked straight at us. Boy, am I getting sick of this, Henry. We haven't been looking for him for so long, Homer. Only about two hours. Sure. At the rate of five cents an hour. From now on, we work for nothing. Well, I don't understand why we didn't catch up with him this time. He looked right at us again and then beat it into this drugstore. Maybe he's getting blind, Henry. Well, look, 
Just so he doesn't miss us again, I'll go in this door, and you slip around the corner and go in the side door. Okay. We've got him cornered, Homer, and we haven't anything more to worry about. Tickets, please. Tickets, please. The program started yet, Henry? Yes, Mrs. Thompson. It's been going on for some time. Very many in there? Oh, gee, practically every seat's taken. In fact, I'm afraid you'll have to stand. Is that so? Just a second. If you don't mind going in real quietly, I'll open the door for you. All right, Henry. And so far, ladies and gentlemen, I have given you only the basic fundamentals of our subject for this evening. Child behavior. During my first three years at the head of a reform school... He's pretty good, isn't he, Henry? Not bad. I think everybody's having a good time, don't you, Homer? My father even came when he heard what the subject was. Program started, boys. Well, gee whiz, Mr. Wentworth, where did you come from? Nowhere in particular. Did your father meet the speaker? Yes, sir, and I've got a telegram here I've been trying to give you ever since 3 o'clock this afternoon. A telegram? Yes, sir, and they said it was very urgent. Yes, uh, all right to go in this door here? But aren't you going to read it? I'll read it later. I want to hear the lecture. And I want to thank you for delivering it, Henry. I thank you very much. Oh, I don't know whether you can get a seat in there or not. I think I can. Your father said he'd save one for me. Oh, have you seen him? Had a little talk with him this afternoon. And you parents who hesitate in giving your children responsibility should realize that although there is a certain amount of risk involved, in the end, our youngsters do somehow manage to get things done. It may not be in a straight line, but I have yet to see it fail when they didn't eventually get there. You know, Henry, that fellow ought to do a lot of good in this town. Let's step out and get some fresh air. That's what I say. They say they took in enough money so that every church in town can get a new window. Stained? Sure. Gee, that makes me feel pretty good. You talk as though you'd done the whole thing, Henry. Well, of course, I'm not entirely responsible, Homer, but I've sort of contributed my share. Our program tonight has come to you from the Philadelphia Forum. Listen again next week to the Aldrich family, same time, same station, for another sparkling half hour with your favorite youngster, his family, and his pals. The Aldrich family, starring Ezra Stone, is written by Clifford Goldsmith. Original music is composed and conducted by Jack Miller. This is Harry Von Zell saying you will enjoy fragrant, flavorful Postum. And remember, Postum contains no stimulants. It cannot make you nervous. Good night. <laughs> That's the Aldridge family. Very funny broadcast from October 23rd, 1941. Henry forgets to mail a letter. Ezra Stone. And, uh, yeah, I got to uh, interview Ezra Stone. Got to have dinner with Ezra Stone years and years ago, along with uh, Jackie Kelk, who played Homer Brown on this broadcast. Um, what a great time. I believe it was in New Jersey at the Friends of Old Time Radio Convention, the two of them were there. They did a reenactment of the Aldrich family. I was not in that reenactment. I tried out for it, did not get a part. What? What? Get out of here, No, Carl. I didn't get a part on that. What? Yeah. That's... 
crazy. I know, man. They absolutely should have cast But I, I sat in that audience, and I was Who's just better like... better than you? I sat in that audience, Lisa, watched Ezra Stone up there, along with Jackie Kelk and a bunch of other actors, as they you know did a reenactment of an Aldridge family show. I don't think it was this script, but um, a lot of fun. It was so much fun to meet these, uh, these radio stars of the Golden Age. All right, let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. I wonder who's going to be our last contestant on Is It Real? Or is it ridiculous, Lisa? Well, the special thing is there is a extra special prize for the last person. Really? What is it? Is? It is two tickets to the next Steppenwolf show <laughs> called The Great Leap. <laughs> and that is an extra special prize in and of itself. All right. That's coming up uh, in our next hour. Don't forget, folks, we have a classic radio club for you to join. Learn all about it at ClassicRadioClub.com. If you do join, you will receive 10 awesome-sounding classic radio shows each and every month sent to you via digital download or on five CDs in a collector case. <clears throat> Excuse me. And either way, either way, you will get liner notes that I write, and uh, you'll learn about the shows as well as listen to the shows. And we always have some fun classic radio shows in the Classic Radio Club each and every month. In fact, the first month when you join, you're going to get Abbott and Costello with the Who's On First. So half-hour Abbott and Costello show, and in that show they perform the Who's On First routine. There's a suspense, there's Gunsmoke, Jack Benny, Inner Sanctum, ten great classic radio shows the very first time, and then uh, each month ten more shows, never re- a repeat show, Lisa. I know that because I am a member of the Classic Radio Club. Yeah. And I'm watching, and there's no repeats. You're why you're trying to you're like darn another darn month another month with 10 new shows. new shows and you know honestly the great part of it is i have a lot of favorites and i appreciate getting those but sometimes you'll throw in there a hidden gem that i'm not familiar with and that i listen to that i can really appreciate and so it kind of opens up a whole new world for me yeah it's a it's a great club and it's uh, everything you need to learn about the club and how to join is at ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. All right, after the news, we will tune in to The Man Called X, 1947. We'll also play our game, Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous? Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thank you, Vic. It is five minutes after midnight here. And it is uh, Monday morning. Happy Monday morning to you, Lisa. Thank you. Happy Monday. Thank you. And on this hour, it is the man called X. You know, you could be called a lot of things. Yep. And he was <laughs> called the man called X. Yeah, I can think of a lot worse things. So no, X absolutely. Is good. He was a secret agent. Yeah. You know, worked for our government and they dispatched him all over the place and he fought for us here in the USA. Did a great job, too, as you'll hear on this episode from 1947 in just a few minutes. But right now it's time to play our game. Is it real or is it ridiculous? Who's the celeb? Uh, this is our final episode, and the celebrity who gets that uh, special place is Carol Burnett. Oh, That's Carol a perfect, Burnett. perfect sign-off Love for her. real or ridiculous. It is. What caller would you like? We're going to go with caller number two. So call right now, 312-981-7200, and we'll be right back. Come on, baby. Let's get ridiculous. Come on, baby. 
Ridiculous. For the last time. For the last time. But I mean, so that means we can no longer be ridiculous on the WGN Radio Theater. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to have fun with the new game. That's next week. It won't be ridiculous, but it'll be exciting. That song will start next week. Right. But today, what are we going to do, Shantae? Do we have. uh, I think we. Do we have a caller? uh, I think we lost our listener. Let's let's take the next one. All right. Let's take the next caller. Hi, I'm Alex Trebek. (laughs) And this is Real or Ridiculous. Who was the host of Jeopardy before Alex Trebek? Before Alex Trebek. Come on, Lisa. He was the host of my radio show for years. I don't know who hosted before Alex Trebek. Art. Art Fleming. Fleming. Okay, great. All right, so do we have somebody? We do. We've got Rick on the phone. Hi, Rick. Yes, glad you, to hear your program. Well, right. we're so glad to have you. We're glad you made it. It's a very special honor to be the final contestant on Real or Ridiculous. So, um, and so fitting that we are ending with Carol Burnett. Uh, good luck. All right, here All we right. go. Number one, she considered Julie Andrews her good luck charm and asked her to appear on the first episode of the Carol Burnett show. Real or ridiculous? Uh. I think that would be real. I am going to say ridiculous. I think it was Carol Burnett. No. I mean, uh, <laughs> I think it was Lucille Ball. It was not Carol Burnett on her own show, but <laughs> no. it is ridiculous. It wasn't it? It wasn't it Lucille Ball? I honestly don't remember who it was, it but was. it was definitely not Julie Andrews. So All right, it, it so, may have been Lucille Ball. So this one's for me. <laughs> oh, you found your sound effects. And this one is for Rick. All right, no problem, no Sorry, problem. Sorry, Rick. Number two, she had her Hollywood Walk of Fame star placed in front of the movie theater where she once worked as an usher. Real or ridiculous? I think, Rick. I think that would be real. I think it's real. I think it's real, too. All right, we I both think, get this. That's kind of a sweet story, you know? And she was yeah, really young when she sure. worked there. I thought that was sweet. Excellent. Um, her famous ear tug sign-off on the Carol Burnett show was a nod to her deceased grandmother. Real or ridiculous? Uh, I would think that would be real. I am positive that it is ridiculous. It was for her daughter. Carl, you're wrong. <laughs> I love that. You are absolutely right, Rick. Wait a and minute. You know, you know what? You know what gets me what? about this? I love when Carl is I'm so, so positive. Pos- I'm positive. It was. You, I am positive. Was, you are wrong. It was, was her grandmother it, who it, raised her. Her grandmother raised it was, her. It was. No, you, Carl, you're wrong. Here, this is what it was. <laughs> she would tug on her ear. Yes, that's to true. To let her daughter at home know she's okay. Everything's fine. That she's is on her way home. Absolutely fine. <laughs> no, God. I'm right. You are absolutely wrong, and I love that you're Rick, positive that you're right, Rick, but uh, you're wrong. Rick's right. Rick, I am positive you are right, Rick. And you know what, Rick? It, it, I am so happy that you got it right. And you know what? We are so happy to give you two tickets to The Great Leap at Steppenwolf Theater. It starts off their new season. It's set in 1989, and it explores the cultural collide of identity and politics, and it's all through the game of basketball. I am so excited to see it. It's supposed to be a 
amazing, and everything at Steppenwolf is really spectacular. So I hope you have a chance to enjoy the show. That would be great. Yeah, thanks very much. I also am uh, one of the people, definitely like last night even, that really appreciates your text in line, although I'm calling on my home phone instead of my cell that I usually text you on. You know, I'm so glad you say that because I really do appreciate having the text line and I do appreciate the live communication that we get to have with our listeners throughout the show. And I really do um, try to communicate, not all the time, but I really do read every single one and they are important to me too. So thanks for, for bringing that up. You're very welcome. Very, very welcome. Well, thanks for that. Take care. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. Appreciate you. All right. Well, that's it. Yes. For- is it real? Okay. How about this? We will get ridiculous, but with our new game. Yeah. Play but, that song. But I just want to revisit something here. What? That tug on the ear <laughs> is for her daughter. You're wrong, Carl. It's for her I, grandmother who raised her. are the smartest listeners in all of radio. All right, Carl. Could you please check this out, listeners, and text us at 312-981-7200. I say the tug on the ear, Carol Burnett, was for her daughter at home. And she used to say, like, I'm I'm coming home. Everything's good. Had a good show. Carl, and Lisa's I, saying it's for her deceased grandmother? It's for her grandmother who raised her. That's right. No. It's a nod to her deceased grandmother. No. Uh-uh. Carl. No way. But let me just ask you one thing. No way. Whenever we argue, right. who ends up right and who ends up wrong? Well, you always end up right, but okay. I'm right this time. <laughs> okay. We'll okay? See. Okay. I'm positive. All right. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you. So a texter texted me, Carol Burnett's good luck charm was Jim Neighbors, and that is absolutely correct. Oh, Pyle, right. And that is the right answer. Okay. I, I knew it well, wasn't... Um, it, yeah, it wasn't. Uh, what did I say? Who you did said I make it was? It Julie oh, yeah, Andrews. I just made that up. Julie Andrews. It was that, and, and and somebody just texted in. Thank you. It was for her grandmother. All right. Um, well, so, I think you. they tug on the ears for his daughter. All right. Well, her you, daughter. you go with that. <sighs> the man called X. Yes. Let's let's move on. Secret agent <laughs> series. Debonair British actor Herbert Marshall starred as FBI secret agent Ken Thurston. And uh, our government dispatched him to dangerous locales all over the world to fight our enemies, Lisa. And uh, Leon Belasco played Mr. X's assistant, Pagan Zeldschmidt. It debuted over CBS July 10th, 1944. It lasted all the way to 1952. And then there was a TV series in 1956 that starred Barry Sullivan, ran 39 episodes. We have a 1947 broadcast for you now, April 3rd to be exact, called The Arctic Expedition. Here's Herbert Marshall in part one of The Man Called X. You're twice as sure with two great names. And General Motors. Frigidaire presents The Man Called X, starring Herbert Marshall. With the music of Johnny Green. Directed by Jeff Johnstone. And now Frigidaire presents Herbert Marshall as the man called X. International troubleshooter who flies the ocean at the drop of a hat, who charms the ladies, but is death on crooks. Herbert Marshall as the man called X. (laughs) 
quiet tonight, Dr. Dawson. If you will forgive my playing with words, is it this Pacific influence? The ocean of oceans, Professor. And now we cross the Tropic of Capricorn. Mm, Capricorn is the goat, which nibbles at the stars. Aye, and from here on the world turns upside down. Winter is summer and summer winter. It's a little like standing on one's head. Ah, but there's still the moon in its proper course. The moon is scowling, Dr. Dawson. Doesn't like that cloud. And you, you seem depressed. Professor, I must ask you a question. Yes? You were invited on this expedition to the Antarctic for the same reason we all were. Field research. An exciting project, isn't it? I have reason to believe that it's not research that interests you, but conquest. The clouds don't like the moon's face, Professor. The moon is blotted out. It shall be as dark for you. Oh, no, you wouldn't hurt Hmm. Well, man overboard. Man overboard! Hello, Chief. Well, stranger, Ken Thurston. Nice to see you back again, Mr. X. Glad to be back, Chief. Sorry I can't stay longer. Well, I see you haven't changed any. How quickly can you get me on a plane for Santiago, Chile? On the first one out, if it's important enough. Chief, I've developed a compelling interest in science. Oh, yeah? In fact, I'd like to confirm a theory with those distinguished gentlemen aboard the SS Archimedes. Oh, that expedition. Since when have you become interested in meteorology? Since Dr. Stuart Dawson of the University of Edinburgh was, um, lost at sea. Mm, I read that report. Dawson was a geologist, wasn't he? He was also one of the world's leading authorities on uranium deposits. Uh-oh. That make it important enough? Important? At the moment, I can't think of anything more important to us. Ellis, get passage on the first plane out to South America for Ken Thurston. Where are you going to pick him up, Ken? The Archimedes has put in a Valparaiso to take on supplies. They'll be at least a couple of weeks in Chile. Well, remember, Ken, one of the largest foundations in this country has subsidized that expedition. It's on the level. They're just a bunch of stargazers checking up on a new world in Antarctica. Uh, a new world with the power to blow up the old one. Amigo, only two pesos. Postcards, pretty. Hey, hey, Mr. Thurston. Oh, you, Mr. Thurston. Pagon Zellschmidt. Hello, Mr. Thurston. Oh, someday I must go to the equator, Pagon, where there is no shadow. Maybe you won't be there. Oh, thank you, Mr. Thurston. I knew you would be pleased to see me. Well, that's one interpretation of what I was just saying. Oh, thank you. Is it worth any money? All right, Pagon, come on. We can talk about money, but I find a hotel. Oh, that has been all arranged. And I have saved you what you owe me in commissions by sleeping in your room until you arrive. 
You think of everything. Come on. Mr. X, while waiting for your plane, I saw a rainbow and a pot of gold at the end of it. I don't see any rainbow, Pagan. And we are only at the beginning. You see, Mr. X, it's as plain as mud. Those scientific professors are really looking for gold. Of course, they've taken you into their confidence, Pagan. Well, the waterfront at Valparaiso is full of gossips. And some friends of mine, riffraff, but strictly high class, are working on their ship. So you've taken advantage of your international subterranean connections. Well, Mr. Thurston, Okay, how can... what have you really found out, Pagan? Well, I wanted to speak to you about that, Mr. X. You see, I followed the professors from the harbor to their hotel in Santiago. But when I presented my credentials, the door was slammed in my foot. Unbelievers. Oh, don't worry, don't worry. I have other plans. You see... A fancy reception for them is being given tomorrow night by a rich old woman, the Senora Margarita Avila. Avila? Well, that must be the wife of Professor Avila. Hmm. Someone I should know? A lot of money. Oh, go on. Very successful scientist. Yes, yes, he interests me. Too late, Pagan. He died five years ago. Oh. But the old lady still has the money. Now, now there is something I could work on. Uh, Pagan, would you like to do me a favor? Mr. X, your slightest command is my wish. Good, then... Uh... Let me work on it. Si, senor? Excuse me, is Senora Avila at home? Yes, she is. My name's Ken Thurston. May I speak to her? Come in, please. Thank you. Well? Well? Will she be coming down soon? <laughs> that is impossible, Mr. Thurston. Well, isn't she at home? Of course she is at home. But then... Oh, no. No, it can't be that good. I beg your pardon, senor. You're not the senora. But why not? You're so young and so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Is that so shocking? No. Now it's much easier to ask you a favor. Oh? You're entertaining the distinguished members of the Archimedes expedition tomorrow evening? Yes. I'd like to meet them. You see, I'm a kind of a footloose correspondent. Correspondent? Uh, I don't like the conventional interviews, so... Ah, uh, if you attended my reception as a guest, you could get your information informally. Yes, that's it, yes. Well, can you think of any reason why I should refuse to cooperate with you? Well, after all, I am a stranger. A stranger bearing compliments. I shall be pleased if you will join us tomorrow evening, Mr. Thurston. On one condition. On any condition. You must no longer regard yourself as a stranger. and the vast majority of laymen think of the Antarctic as a wasteland. Uh, no consequence whatever. But, Dr. Thorio, haven't a lot of people read of Admiral Byrd's discoveries? Oh, yes, indeed. But to them, it's merely an adventure story. They have no idea of the vast resources of this immense continent. I've heard rumors about gold. Mr. Thurston, I'm not speaking of material wealth, though, of course, there must be an abundance of that. Oh, yes, yeah, I so I'm, I'm referring to the fuller knowledge of the nature of our two poles. I understand that clearly. Uh, I, I... Uh, sir, 
Uh, with the controls that we've eventually established, we shall at last have nature on our side. A very pleasant I... prospect, Dr. Florio. Oh. Even though it would put us all out of business. Uh, Professor Sador, uh, you met this young fellow, Thurston? How do you do, Mr. Thurston? Senora Avila has mentioned you. Yes, I, I've just been explaining to Thurston here about the real implications of our expedition. Implications, Dr. Florio? I thought everything was out in the open. We haven't any secrets. Or have we? Well, what, whatever secrets we have, Professor, represent the failures in our search for truth. Uh, now, Thurston, Mr. in your Mr. Thurston, on... if, uh, if Dr. Florio can spare you for a few moments, our hostess would like to speak to you. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, uh, but I will see you later, Thurston. Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> Thurston, how can such a windbag have room left for an idea in his head? He knows his physics, though, doesn't he? Oh, yes, yes, that's the trouble. He knows so much in his field that he hasn't the slightest notion of what goes on outside. Judging from his eloquence, he's trying awfully hard to make contact. <laughs> well, when you get tired of Florio, try Gallahoo. Uh-huh. He never says a word. Very relaxing on a voyage. Your voyage didn't have a very auspicious beginning, did it, Professor Sedor? Uh, you mean Dr. Dawson's death? Uh-huh. You know, I wonder why he ever sailed with us. Well, didn't the foundation select him? Yes, of course, but... Dawson didn't have to get on the Archimedes to take that way out. Suicide? Thurston, he was at the end of his rope. Tried to run away from a domestic situation and found out he couldn't run away from himself. Uh, scientists can be fallible, too. Very. Well, here we are. Senora Avila. Oh, thank you, senor. Uh, Mr. Thurston, there is someone here asking for you, a Professor Zellschmidt. Zellschmidt? Zellschmidt? Yes, he calls himself... Elepidopterist pluribus. Oh, that Zellschmidt. Looking for butterflies in Santiago? Oh, you never know about a Zellschmidt. He can look for anything, anywhere. Oh, well, since you know him, then it's all right. You've let him in? Oh, he left me no choice. Shall we find him? Senora, if Professor Sedo will excuse us, I'd much rather dance. Senora Avila. Yes, Mr. Thurston? At least while we're dancing... May I call you Margarita? Have I refused any of your requests so far, Ken? I'm indebted to you. Have you found what you were looking for? Much more than I was looking for. Oh? Uh, Ken, would you mind? It's rather warm, and my garden is lovely by moonlight. I'd love to see it. I meant you to. I noticed that Dr. Florio was monopolizing your time. But after all, he is the head of the expedition. He expressed his opinions very freely to me. Yes, I know what you mean. Uh, did you find Professor Sedor interesting? Margarita, I have a confession to make. Oh? My interest is no longer journalistic. Oh, are you disappointed in your material? Oh, no, no. I'm just beginning to discover its possibilities. Then do me a favor, Ken. Promise me that you will let me read your articles when they are finished. Who was talking about articles? Oh, <laughs> then we have been talking about two different things. I was talking about you. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go on. I've heard so many long words tonight, I'm beginning to appreciate understatement. Understatement? Perhaps I should demonstrate. You see, I could try to be grandiloquent, but the way I feel is more like this... <sighs> Oh, oh, Ken. Why did you kiss me? 
I could say that it was in the interest of science, Margarita, but uh, the simpler reason is I just wanted to. That Ken Thurston, he was quite the lover, That's huh? That's pretty romantic. Did you see that? He kissed her I and didn't she see it, but took I heard her it. breath away. She was like, <gasps> and all he did was kiss her. Your I mean, imagination gosh. go wild Maybe on that one, huh? Maybe he didn't uh, have his Listerine or something ready. Maybe that's what she was going. Yeah, I'm pretty about. sure that's Maybe why. she was like, P.U. I'm pretty sure that's why Bad she was breath. panting. No, back then, they didn't have uh, as good a mouthwash or a toothpaste or anything. They had toothpaste. Back in the, uh, they had tooth powder back then. Yeah. I don't like they had toothpaste. They had tooth powder. Maybe the tooth powder was even better than yeah. toothpaste. Are you ready to eat crow or what about this Carol Burnett thing? I say it's the daughter. Okay, well, have I'm you found right. anything to back that <laughs> no, up? No, everything says it's the grandmother, <laughs> yeah. but I think that everything well, on the Internet is wrong. We decided that TV Guide is a very reputable source. You decided. We, we did. No, I, they are. And TV Guide says grandmother, some reason, along this with is a, every this other is a, research article that I've read. This is definitely a conspiracy, <laughs> because I am positive, and I'm not changing my... Uh, I'm not changing my answer. The okay. reason why she tugged on her ear was a sign to her daughter at home watching the show. I have a great idea. And I that's I'm telling you, I don't know if okay. I didn't dream that. I think you made it up. I think Carol actually told me that one. Yeah, time. she probably told you that some I have an idea. You know you what? know what we're gonna do? What? We're gonna ask Nick when he comes in for crosstalk. He's yeah, a really know. knowledgeable guy. Yeah, he'll know. We're gonna check in with Nick on that one. It was the daughter, but for some reason everything on the internet <laughs> Every article Every she's ever one. been interviewed for, she says it's her grandmother. But uh, I think uh, I think Vic's going with me on this. I think Vic thinks it's the daughter too. Um, Pretty well, sure, why right? Did Vic? You ask him, Vic. You think it's the daughter, don't you? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, so sorry. <laughs> Vic, you know what? When you're not sure, I, I'm honestly the way to go. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> probably right on that. Just yeah, stick with me and, and we're all be good. Okay. We're going to have news with Vic in just uh, one minute, but first, these words. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. It's a gigantic worldwide conspiracy. Oh, we basically to just like to, to prove you wrong. Somehow you changed all the uh, articles on the internet. I did. And you got worth everyone you at TV Guide and Publishers uh, <laughs> Weekly. Good housekeeping. Good housekeeping. Wikipedia. Yes. You were able to somehow very rapidly get everyone to change the actual story of her tugging on the ear as a sign to her daughter to some fabricated story about her grandmother. Right. I'm just like a I, I don't magician know how you somehow. do it. I don't know. But this is what I mean about you being so sneaky right. and everything. Right. She was able to... So I'm right. Right. And Lisa is wrong. Right. The conspiracy is not going to work. You I know, see through it. Here's the thing. I feel so good about the fact that our final real or ridiculous question was one that you were Absolutely positive of that you I'm were positive. correct. I'm positive. And you are absolutely incorrect. Oh, wait and a that, minute. Uh-oh, that... look. Carol's calling. Oh, gosh. She's Carol on the is phone. calling. Carol Burnett is calling right oh, now. Oh, my gosh. Answer it. Wow. All right. We'll get the... Uh, I'll, well, we have to listen to Man Called X, but I'll, I'll talk to her. Okay. And I'll get the exact... I'll get it from... Tell her to hold on. I will get her actual... Good idea. All right. So let's get back now to the Man Called X.
Senorita. Si? Your party was a great success. Thank you, Senor. And the American, Mr. Thurston, was very attentive, wasn't he? Does that matter? You were very responsive. <laughs> Senor, you're jealous. Why did you invite him? You ask me to? Margarita, have you gone out of your mind? No, but I may have lost a little of my heart. You will stop this nonsense, my dear, when I tell you who Mr. Thurston really is. Oh, is that all that's bothering you? What? Darling, I know all about Mr. Thurston. He is handsome, he is gallant, he is intelligent. And here's the man called X. Good night. Mr. X has gone to Santiago, Chile, to find out why Dr. Stuart Dawson, a famous scientist, disappeared at sea while on the Archimedes expedition. Mr. X has met various members of the expedition at the home of beautiful Margarita Avila. But he still has no evidence of foul play. On the other hand, Margarita and her friend, Professor Sador, have learned that he is the man called X. Ken has returned home from Margarita's reception, and at the moment is entering his hotel room. What took you so long, Mr. Thurston? Oh, here you are, Professor Zell Schmidt. I wondered why you'd slipped off to catch any butterflies. A golden butterfly, Mr. X. Uh? While you were pursuing the beautiful lady, which I saw out of the side of my eyes, I was needling the very top man of the expedition. Dr. Florio? In person. And he revealed to me the whole plot. No. Yeah. What plot? Dr. Florio said it was a golden opportunity. Doesn't that tell you something? Yes, it tells me your interest in the project. I hate to disabuse your mind, but this expedition isn't a gold mine. Nor am I. Night. You don't know what you're doing, Mr. Thurston. Now, if you're worrying about your fees as... Pig on! What? What? Pig on the transom, duck! What? What, what was that? Mr. X. That pig on was our golden opportunity. Gone. <laughs> as fashionable to promenade in Santiago as it used to be. But, Ken, I did want you to see Park Forest Hall. Lovely, Margarita. Practically in the center of the city, but you feel as though you were miles away. Isn't that what parks are for? To get away? Yeah. Margarita, your reception for the scientists, are you really interested or was it your devotion to the memory of your husband? Both, Ken. That was why I married my husband. Oh, not for science alone. You see... A woman is denied the adventurous life. She must live vicariously by keeping in contact with people who find adventure. Adventure in laboratories? Laboratories can lead to expeditions. Oh, why were you not honest with me, Mr. X? Oh, where did that come from? Your butterfly professor offers all kinds of bargains. You'd think Pagan was a publicity agent of mine. If you'll be frank with me now, maybe I can help you. Just what are you looking for? A reason for murder, and probably something even more important. Murder? Why would a man, worrying about family difficulties, commit suicide somewhere in the Pacific Ocean when he had no family? You're speaking of poor Dr. Dawson. Did you know him? No, but I cannot believe it. This learned gentleman on the Archimedes, why would they want to get rid of him? That, Margarita, is what is even more important. 
Oh, hello, Professor. Good afternoon, Mr. Thurston. Come in. I'd like to, but I have a lot of details to attend to in connection with the expedition. But you wanted to see me? That is one of the more important details. Oh. I have talked this over with my colleagues, Mr. Thurston, and we all feel that we should have with us, shall we say, a, a scribe to keep a chronicle of our voyage. Mm-hmm. How would you like that? Well, who could refuse it? Attending office. It's a golden opportunity. And you'll come? Yes. Good. But we sail in the morning. Can you be ready by then? Ready now. Splendid. We'll all be very happy to have you with us. And now, goodbye, Mr. Thurston. Goodbye, Professor. Mr. Thurston, you didn't even mention me. While you're going off to the South Pole, what am I supposed to do? Pagan, you try the North Pole. Evening, Dr. Florio. Oh, hello, Thurston. You still up? Nice out on deck tonight. Uh, a bit cold. Uh, have you seen Dr. Gillihue? Uh, he went inside with Professor Capstaff. Oh, I should think about 15 minutes ago. Hmm. Well, I think I'll turn in, too. By the way, Thurston, glad to have you with us. Any assistance I can give you to authenticate your notations is call on Thanks, Doctor. Good night. Good night. Oh, Mr. Thurston. So you didn't take my advice, Pagan. Stowaway? I should have thought of that. Here I'm working as a deckhand. You won't make as much money that way as you did by telling Senora Avila that I'm the man called X. Oh, Mr. Thurston, how can you say such things? How much did you get for it? Oh, a paltry little... What am I saying? I haven't even confessed. You don't have to, Pagan. Skip it. Oh, maybe it's just as well, because now you can do something for me at my price. Oh, congratulations, Margarita. Oh, it's you, Ken. I was going to surprise you at the captain's table in the morning. So now it's no more vicarious living for you. It's real adventure, is that it? Why not? Why should I stay at home and dream? This trip may not be a picnic, Margarita. I know. But after all, I suggested you to Sedor. I got you into this, Ken. Oh? So I want to share it with you. Don't you think adventure and romance should go together? Well, it's much more pleasant that way. It'll make a long voyage shorter. Much shorter. Oh, do you mind if I go in now? I'm not used to the sea air. I'll take you to your cabin. Oh, don't bother. Just kiss me goodnight, Ken. Margarita. Oh, now I shall sleep well. Good night, darling. Good night. Still up, Thurston? Well, Sabo. Mind if I join you? Not a bit. Have you begun the log of our voyage yet? I don't know quite how to start. Why not begin with our leaving Valparaiso? That would be the easy way. But I have a feeling the story really begins with Dr. Dawson's death. That still bothers you, doesn't it, Thurston? Doesn't it bother you? What do you mean by that? Dr. Dawson must have bothered you. He knew so much about uranium. So? Almost as much as you do, Professor Sadar. Very foolish of you to mention Dawson's family to me, since he didn't have any. Yes, very foolish. And it was very foolish of you, Mr. X, to accept my invitation. Don't move. Huh? You didn't shoot Dawson. 
I didn't think that was your method. It isn't. This isn't. Goodbye, Mr. X. You have to do it that way, Senor. You didn't offer any other suggestions, my dear Margarita? No. No. I saw that farewell scene of yours. Very touching. Well, it's done. There is only one thing, Senor. It was too easy. You're so heavy to pull up. Like pulling up a whale. There. There. Oh. Oh, hold me, Mr. Thurston. I think I'm going to faint. Hagon, remember this moment. It'll never happen again. You've chiseled, you've double-crossed me. You've lied to me. But right now, you're a great man. You saved my life. Oh, oh I only did what you told me to, Mr. X. Uh, it wasn't anything... But you might tell me why you let somebody throw you overboard just so I could save you. Now, later, Pagan. Right now, I'd like some sleep. I have an appointment at the captain's table for breakfast tomorrow. Incidentally, where's Mr. Thurston this morning? I haven't seen him, Dr. Florio. Perhaps he hasn't got his sea legs yet. <laughs> Nonsense, Sador. I saw him walking the deck last night. He wasn't having any trouble then. I saw him too. He seemed to be enjoying himself. Well, if he's sleeping, let him sleep. Now, what was I saying anyway, Gallagher? Good morning, Margarita. Gentlemen. What? Who was talking about me? Ken. Morning. Aren't you going to wish me good morning, Professor Sado? After all, you reminded me last night you invited me on this voyage. It's fine. Why? What? What's happened here? Dr. Florio and gentlemen... Forgive me for being late for breakfast, but you see, I overslept. I had a swim last night. Swim? Swim? What in the name of... It wasn't my idea, Dr. Florio. Professor Sedor's. If Dr. Dawson were here, I'm sure he too could tell you about going for a long swim in the Pacific. A swim with no end for him. You can put away that gun, Sedor. You couldn't shoot anybody here. Besides, that would be mutiny. Ship's crews when advised, as well as the authorities of Valparaiso. <laughs> Well, this doesn't sound like a laughing matter to me, Senor Alvira. Oh, for me, I am amused. Because for once, I spoke the truth. Remember, Sedor, I said it was too easy. Well, Ken, you have won. No, Margarita. You and Sedor have lost. Gentlemen, I think it would be best for the good name of the profession you serve that this particular incident of your expedition be not included in our chronicle. Professor Sador and his friend, who finds it so amusing, were planning to use you for their own purposes. They were playing high stakes, almost the highest. Uranium. But as you see, they had too many cards stacked against them. Mmm, coffee. Well, perhaps a good cup of coffee will brighten this day on the cruise of the SS Archimedes. <laughs> Now, Frigidaire star, Herbert Marshall. Next week, 
a chase to Central America after a notorious racketeer who talks best with a 38 automatic. And with him is his all-too-beautiful daughter. I promise you plenty of thrills and suspense. As usual, Leon Velasco will be with us as Pagon Zellschmidt. So join us, won't you, when next I return as the man called X. Good night. Frigidaire's Man Called X for tonight was written by Milton Merlin. The music is composed and conducted by Johnny Green, and the entire production is under the direction of Jack Johnstone. And so until next week, same time, same station, this is Wendell Niles speaking for Frigidaire, made only by General Motors. All characters and incidents used on this program are fictitious. Any resemblance to actual persons or incidents is purely coincidental. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's the man called X from April 3rd, 1947, Arctic Expedition, starring Herbert Marshall, sponsored by Frigidaire, as heard on CBS. Well, Carol uh, Burnett was, uh, we had this whole, uh, this whole debate about Carol Burnett and the ear tug, and Carol is on the phone. Let's talk to her, find out what this is all about. Hello, Carol. How are you? Well, hello, Carl. How are nice you? To talk to you. Hey, great I to talk to you. Excellent, Carl. How I've always been a big fan. Well, of thank you. You listen to the show? Oh, every weekend, Carl. Very I mean, good. What is better than the WGN radio? The, nothing. Yeah. Nothing's better. So here's here's my question for you. We have this yeah, debate honey. going on here. Yes, this darling. debate. Uh, the ear tug. Tell us all about it. Am I right about? Is it for your daughter? What's the deal with the ear tug, Carl? I I I wish I could say you were right. As big of a fan as I am of Carl Amari, I am so sorry to tell you it is for my dear grandmother. Really, I'm wrong really? for once. Well, you know, I hate to say wrong. Maybe you're just a little misinformed, you know. Maybe. I don't Maybe I dreamt it or something. I thought I heard you talking about it one time, that it was uh, all, all for your daughter, but it's for your grandmother. You, you know, daughter and grandmother could sound very much alike maybe. when I speak. It has a yeah. lot of the same letters and... Sometimes it does have some of the do, same letters. Mm-hmm. And sometimes <laughs> you do get a bit, you know, confused. Confu- yeah, confused. In your older years, yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, I mm-hmm. guess I'm going to have to. Uh, I'm going to have to. As much as I don't want to admit it, I'm going to have to say that Lisa was right about this. But uh, Carol, I really appreciate you clearing that all up. <laughs> and uh, it was my honor. To if you ever are in Chicago, Chicago, come on the show. Thank We'd love you, to honey. have you. All right, love thanks, you, Carol. Take care, hon. Love you, baby. Ah, oh, love you too, Carol. Oh man, I can't believe it. I cannot believe that I was wrong. And Lisa, Wolf, Lisa, you were right. Yes. I don't. You know, thank you for admitting it. At least I appreciate your. Gosh. You know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. And I'm wrong. You, you got to tell it like it one. is. So, well, heard it from uh, you know. 
Carol's mouth right I, there. I'm, I'm so excited that you actually had the opportunity to speak with her. Yeah, she's um, great. Because she she's says a she gem. listens all the time. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, she listens from L.A. Ah. So, well, all right. We should have her on the show You sometime. know what, Lisa? The last episode. I didn't episode, know you were friends, Yeah, we're, we're buddies. I, wow. The last show of our Real or Ridiculous, and at yeah. least we got to have uh, Carol call in. Wow. Yeah, that, it was a lot it, of fun. Really, I'm still shaking yeah. from hearing your conversation. Yeah, she's great.